welcome to another riveting episode of the Seeking Truth podcast. Today, Jeff and I explore what truth is and whether or not the truth is always necessary to do what is the greater good or the will of the people or the will of our society. And we started to go down this path because... The other day, Jeff suggested that we go in and talk about the recent assassination in Saudi Arabia of a journalist who was uh, doing his journalistic duties there, as well as uh, some of the folks that um, were uh, were killed for uh, some of the things that they carried out. Uh, potentially for the government, uh, we, we don't necessarily know, but we do know that if the government was involved, that killing the people that did the deeds are the ones that, uh, it's like getting rid of the evidence. So Jeff was talking about this as a concept and I asked him if he knew about John Perkins, who wrote the book True Tales of an Economic Hitman. He's been one of my heroes. I saw him speak when I was uh, in college, and I really liked the narrative that he portrayed because it seemed to be something that that seemed to be true to me, that you have these multinational corporations that are essentially strong-arming foreign governments in order to do what's in the interest of the United States and the corporations that run our government and the world governments and everything, really. And so, anyway, he writes a narrative about what he did in order to strong-arm these governments. And Jeff, being the uh, investigative journalist that he is, uh, started a project to uncover whether or not and verify the things that John Perkins said was true, and he couldn't find any way to validate and substantiate the claims that John Perkins made. And he worked with a number of students that all did a bunch of research, and nobody was able to validate the claims that he made. So, uh, that's what we talked about, uh, and, you know, me being on the side of, of John Perkins, I was, uh, uh, reluctant to, to hear that, and, uh, you know, now I'm going to do my own research and, and find out if I can f- substantiate some of the claims that he made, and it's, uh, what we talk about is, is there a case when the truth is more harmful than the lie. Not saying that in John's Perkins case it is, but are there situations where you you don't want the public to have the truth? And, and so we explore that a bit. So anyways, uh, without further ado, I will uh, leave it to our conversation and uh, let you give it a listen. John Perkins is a fraud. Well, he wrote a he wrote a book called The True Tales of an Economic Hitman. He did write that, and uh, they're true tales, the truly tales. That you well, we don't now. We're now we are trying to uh, 
we're trying to uh, come to a conclusion about it before we discuss why we've come to the conclusion. What does he say that he is? He says that he worked for a company whose job it was to go to the third world and to pitch uh, expensive infrastructure repairs on the premise that the income generated by this uh, infusion of capital would uh, pay for itself through increased production and revenue to the country. For example, if you take electricity to rural areas, those people, even though it's a big expense, those people will be able to begin manufacturing and then generate revenue and the taxes would pay off this uh, large investment. Problem was that the projections for income and revenue were false. And they made it so that the based on the false uh, reports that, this, that John Perkins' company did, the countries would get World Bank loans that they could not pay back. And then they would become surf states to the United States and other uh, industrialized country and to vote their way to the UN and to uh, and to come under the uh, umbrella of the Western industrialized nations for the purposes of advancing their agendas at the expense of these poor people that are now stuck with the bill. Everybody got up, finished off the finished off the champagne, belched, and left the guy at the table with an empty wallet to pay it. So this company, they actually did that. There is. No, I'm asking you. That's what John Perkins says. Right, but you're saying that John Perkins never worked there. I'm saying that after we read this book, Peter Phillips and I, who is Peter Phillips is the sociologist and the head of Project Censored, Peter Phillips and I decided that he was the most despicable man on earth if what he said is true. To do that to all of those people, and it included trying to get Seabrook, the nuclear uh, uh, generating plant in New Hampshire, to get that online through lying, and then he went around lying to get these to, to get these economic projects going, from which he benefited. Now, Peter Phillips and I decided this was uh, uh, unseemly, and we could not stand what this guy purported to be. We wondered why would anybody admit this unless let's suppose he had a change of heart and he felt guilty about it. So we got together a group of students, and we assigned to each student an element of his story. Did he work for this place? Was he in New Hampshire at Seabrook? And we assigned somebody to every aspect of his story. And we spent about four months on it. And at the end, and in the, in the uh, chapter of the book in which we discuss it, each of the students writes about the result of that student's research, and every student said they were unable to find one element that could be independently verified of what he said. So, don't know whether he lied or not, but there is no way to substantiate what he said. Now, uh, in these Trump times, he talks about fake news, and this is a different set of 
of, uh, facts, and if you assume certain facts, then the, then the outcome, as they say, is self-evident that you can tell if the facts are true that something happened. Well, you cannot, if you cannot tell the facts are true, then you either believe it because the guy said it, or you suspend judgment. Is there ever... So, okay, so let's say that John Perkins lied about this whole thing. So he wrote a book of fiction that he thought would be compelling, and he saw a market there of the lefty liberal anti-economic growth, anti-World Bank forces. And can any good come of that? Is there ever, I guess my question is this, is there ever a situation where you use fiction disguised as truth in order to make a good come about? Or is that impossible in itself because you use the... Well, it depends on what is good. What is good? Let's see. Is it good that countries do not go into debt uh, based on being victimized by elements of, of profit? That's probably not good. Is there some other good? Maybe the people who made the money do something else good with the money. I don't know, but I, I mean, how, how much forward do you have to look for the good to justify the bad. And I mean, if you look far enough, maybe the guy gave a dollar to a hungry guy outside of uh, outside of a restaurant on a snowy day. That's a good. Yeah. He gave some part of it uh, after imprisoning the, a whole country to the World Bank. I mean, you, that's the Machiavellian, Nietzsche sort of whatever works. Or Anne-Rand. what I'm thinking of is uh, Kurt Vonnegut's book *Cat Cradle*. Familiar with that one? I read it. The 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 arch nemesis on the island was the the state and this religion that nobody was supposed to believe in. But in reality, the head of the state and the religious figure were really good friends, and they made this whole thing up because they knew that this was the way that the the uh, the state would would run most effectively if you give them something that they're not supposed to believe in, and you know they're going to believe it anyway. It kind of ties them all together, and uh, it, it just worked, right? You know, either you believe in democracy, you don't. If you believe in democracy, and whatever it means to believe, to believe is to hold as true without evidence. But I mean, if you support democracy, if you if you have studied and come to a conclusion that democracy appears to uh, most justly advance the the intentions or the the will of the majority of the people, if this is how you want it to be, then you have to have truth. And if you think that's just this window dressing, and we're trying to get to something that we really want, and we don't want to say what it is, then we're going to make up fake facts. And is there some good? Yeah, the good is that you get your way. Is that the good you want, or do you want a good, a democratic good, that that <coughs> even though the outcome may not be the best for you, it may not advance you or your wealth or your neighborhood or your backyard, that ultimately it is more important to safeguard a system that allows for the majority to uh, 
advance its decision and not be tricked by some guy that's making money off it. I mean, uh, that sort of is the ideal, which does not exist. It's an ideal. But that is the argument. Now, you said that democracy is the will of the people to make a decision, right? Democracy is a system that 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 takes forward the will of the democracy and puts it into action or tries to bring it to be in the real world. That allows for it. It's and, a process. And what... So the ability for the majority of the people to make a decision isn't good in itself, is what you're suggesting? I'm saying that that is the purpose of democracy. And you if you have a bunch of ignorant people who, uh, if you have 60% of the people are ignorant and hate white people, and they vote to kill them all, is the outcome good? Well, we would say no, especially if you're white, you would say no. But is the process that works properly, is, is, the, is democracy, If once you decide that you want democracy, is democracy that allows that to happen good? Yes, it is, because that's what it's supposed to do. It is a correctly functioning process. Now, if you don't like that, you can change it in a democracy. So a correctly functioning process is the good. In this, in the case of democracy, well, I mean that's just what it is. But I'm just saying, I'm trying to de decipher whether or not we can apply some kind of moral uh, judgment on, on democracy. Why do you want to do that? Why don't we I, say, you know, if you look at a car, you get in the car, okay, it says 50 miles an hour. How fast we're we going? Let's let's measure it externally by some kind of a sensor. How long is the paint going to last? It says it's going to last five years. It lasts. There's, there are external checks and, and tests to determine whether this automobile is what it purports to be. Is it going to go where you want it to go? And that would be the good. Is it doing what you want to do? It can be going to New York. It can be going to L.A. As long as that's where you want it to go. If you want to go to L.A. but it's going to New York, it's not good, even though the paint lasts and it goes at the same speed. So does it do what it's supposed to do when you want it to? Does it do what you want it to do? That's why we govern ourselves. This is why there's peace among people. It's because we have a system that allows us to resolve these questions, and then we have to abide by it because uh, uh, next time we may have the opportunity, and we want them to abide by it too. So we all agree to conduct ourselves in this way based on truth. If people start lying and take control of the media and want to stop people from voting and do all of this stuff, well, then you subvert the system. You call it democracy, but it's not really. It's, it's people speaking as though. And this is kind of like what John Perkins did. He captured that. He told the story that showed all the things that were wrong about, this, like, for example, voter suppression and, and voters' rights and closing the polls, but he wasn't there. So let me ask you this. <coughs> Do you ever think that there is a reason that the government should lie in order to keep the peace? If you say that democracy uh, keeps the peace... Is, is truth the best way to do that in all situations? 
Is anybody in a position to think otherwise? Do we do we uh, do we allow somebody <clears throat> the authority to lie to us because they know better than what the public determines? I think we institutionalize that. That's a representative republic democracy rather than a democracy like one person one vote. I think we allow it. Is it good? Because tough to tell. It's not good for democracy. It may be good for for society. <clears throat> democracy is something separate. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, is so good for society or good for democracy? If you're talking about good for democracy, well, you're just saying, is it doing what it's intended to do? Now, I guess the question is, is let me give you an example. Let's suppose it's election day, and some guy wants to go up and blow up the most democratic polling place, the two most democratic polling places in the country. Sure, 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 it'd be both of them, be two of them. Uh, and the government found out, and without a warrant, and and uh, and without any kind of due process, they catch the guy and they beat him up and they find out where the bombs are and they resolve it. Is that good for democracy? Yes. I guess it is. So, in that case... But that's not lying. That's acting on information that they had that happened to be true. Yeah, but they don't say, but they don't reveal that they beat somebody up and violated all of the rules oh, of oh, democracy so in order to do it. I mean, there is... Head. Yeah, and and uh, I, I guess the the reason we have an administration is to monitor that dark stuff and to determine when it's appropriate and not. But they're not going to ask everyone, "Hey, do you think it's okay if no, we, in this not. situation no. we we subvert the process and mm -hmm. do the thing that uh, is going to save all well, the people?" Well, just is democracy really anything? except the window dressing that allows us to determine which people are in charge of that dark stuff. And it's the dark stuff that really determines where we are. By being able to go vote, we're not going to riot anymore. <coughs> if we didn't vote, we'd riot. If we vote, we say, oh, we'll vote them out. We, stay, we take it for four years. It's like the democracy is the opiate of the masses. It makes us think that, that we can resolve it. And to some extent, we can. There's some things that... We're, we're allowed to resolve. Sure we are. Yeah, I mean, can women have rights? You know? Can women have rights? Can black people vote? These are all important things. But where does the money go? And, uh, and... Where, what do you mean, where does the money go? I mean, where do we spend our money? How, do, oh. do we, do we uh, have a war, or do we give health care? Yeah. These are things uh, that are determined externally from democracy. Right, the military-industrial complex. That's right. The, People with the money, they simply withhold. They with there are a lot of levers. Power is a lever. Yeah, is getting the lever. Seems to me. What do you think about democracy? Do you think? Uh, do you think that if there were not democracy, if the same things were happening, people would rise up? Well, they have in the past, right? I mean, with democracy, yeah. With democracy, without democracy, let's look at another system like uh, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Iraq. Well, I mean, you had the Arab Spring in well, I don't know which country. Those were not democracies, right? Okay. That's what I'm saying. So you have know, people rise up when they feel like they're being oppressed. Russia. At some point, there's a 
There's a... What, what triggers that? Uh, it's just the critical mass. Is it a sense of injustice? Because they probably felt that sense of injustice all along. Is it financial, economic? Is it one killing of one person on TV? Like, uh, you know, uh, what, was, what was the guy's name in L.A.? Rodney King. Rodney King. Is that is is it something we know goes all the time? But once we see it, we can't we can't ignore it anymore. I think that's part of it, and I think that's part of what happened with the Arab Spring is the social media aspect of it. People were able to organize and uh, take pictures of you know stuff that was happening, and you just can't when it's in your face all the time. You can't ignore it anymore. So, is there a time when a government that is operating under the umbrella of democracy can be overthrown legitimately? Yeah, I mean, that uh, happened here, right? We had a revolutionary war. It wasn't a democracy. It was a monarchy. It was a monarchy, okay. So what, what, is the, what is the critical mass of abuse or what? I mean, nobody just fills with the, with the will to be free in the absence of the absence of freedom. There's got to be something there. It's not just the idea. Is this, or, or is it that rich intellectuals conceive of an injustice and then they, they water it down for the working bees who then rise up? Um, give me an example of that. Let's say um, Scott Walker talks about how he's going to do so much uh, that it, that if we get Foxconn, it's going to help everybody, and and uh, he's going to misread or to calculate or to come to a conclusion intellectually that the rank-and-file Republicans support without any evidence. Does that happen where, where they're tricked? People are tricked because of the pretense that something good is going to happen without knowing whether it will. And then if it doesn't happen and they've been tricked, it doesn't seem to me that that is enough to rise up. What is it that makes people rise up? Yeah, that's that was something that uh, got me because you know in the same case, Scott Walker promised two hundred fifty thousand jobs, never happened. You don't promise anything, can you? You got to say this about Donald Trump. He's trying to yeah. he's trying to do in 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 some sense. Donald Trump is the populist president. Yeah, well, and he even it's said just that, that he's he, an asshole. He even said that. Uh, he could just shoot someone in the street, and people would still love him. Just like uh, the Saudi uh, prince that that uh, oversaw the killing of this Kushagi uh, Kushagi in the embassy in Turkey, in the consulate in Turkey, that Trump is letting them go by. We we talked about this before. People in power, who are in power. And, and there are people who are not in power. If the you know, are the Democrats in Congress going to impeach Donald Trump? Probably not, because when they're in power, they want to be able to screw people too. So they want that power to be. They want it. They want power to be wrapped in bubble wrap, so nothing can hurt it. 
and they're going to crit and they'll they'll argue and they'll point the fingers and they'll investigate and they'll give records and they'll make statements on TV, but they're not going to bring him down. They want to discredit him so that they get get in and then the other side will do the same to them. Right. But the ability to cheat is protected with bubble wrap. Yeah, that's the same thing that we saw here in, in Wisconsin. They got a government accountability board, and, you know, pretty much anyone can do anything and, and not be held accountable at all for it, right? So how do we get a... How, how do we... Now, there are... Now, there is... There's real stuff, and we... we one of the real things that came out of this government, the latest uh, election, is Scott Holes. We were talking earlier about the infrastructure. No matter what bullshit about money and everything, there's the real business of what government does. Mm -hmm. And it is safety. It's roads. It's air safety. It's protecting the environment. When the government gets lost in the bullshit and fails to do the stuff that needs to be done outside of the bullshit that is the infrastructure uh, education well some people would say healthcare some some wouldn't but that stuff has to be done and people will rise up if those things aren't done whether you cheat and give money to your friends or not if everybody had healthcare and everybody had a job nobody would care if Ivanka Trump worked for Donald so yeah it is it's working but it's not working Where's the point where we say, except saying, oh, every four years we can vote them out? Where's the point where we say, stop it? And is there a way to stop it? I think you also have to think about, too, like, what are people, what are people, what kind of nerve did Donald Trump strike with people? Like, what are the, what what's going on with people? And a lot of people were feeling hurt. They don't have you know, jobs, and Trump is pointing at other people in other countries that are, you know, coming over and stealing jobs, and people are like, yeah, that's it, and they look at Trump as a solution, right? You have a lot of the uh, middle class uh, going away, and, you know, Trump is hit a chord with a lot of these folks. Um, what kind of chord is it? Is it a chord uh based on fact or is it a message I think it's a message that you vote for me and I'll make sure that you will keep uh, keep working keep being able to provide for your family keep having the lifestyle that you have and, and not let it slip through your fingers um, I think that's what a lot of people are grasping for that voted for. It's funny that they reject the government being the one to do that, yet they turn to the government as the one that's going to protect it, isn't it? Everybody wants the same thing. We're just sold in different ways. You get the Ginshu knife on TV. It cuts the tomato, cuts an onion, cuts the meat. Now that will throw in a second one. Some people may want it because it's dishwater safe, dishwasher safe. Some people may want it because you get two. Different people want it for a different reason, but if you can package the knife in a way and free shipping, whatever your, whatever that part of it that is what you want, is involved, as long as that's included, you'll buy it. 
and that politics is sort of conceiving of the product and then adding the ancillary things that will make it appeal to everybody. And that's a, it's different to campaign than to rule. Right. What's the difference? Campaign appeals to desires and aspirations. Ruling is bringing those aspirations to fruition without conflicts of interest on the part of the guys who didn't lie to you to get... Uh, look at John Purgis. If he lied, it was to sell books. That's his goal. His goal is to sell books. It's not to reveal anybody. There's no remedy to him. He didn't name anybody that's going to come down. He's, it's just a, it is just railing against the system. So he did it for his own personal gain? Yeah. You don't think he had any altruistic motives at all? I don't think so. I don't. I haven't found it. I'll tell you something else, and it's not in my benefit to tell you this, but after we determined that John Perkins, nothing he said could be verified, we did this in the Project Censored yearbook, and the Project Censored looks at false crap that gets into the news. Project Censored embraced John Perkins as somebody who blew the whistle on the system when we had determined that he was not telling the truth. And I've said, how can we, how, how can we, and this is what I do. I mean, I say, how can we as a group that is concerned with truth in media have this guy come when we investigated him and we could not prove anything that he said? And it's because the message is consistent with their message, that there, that there are evil forces trying to manipulate uh, the world economic situation. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where... That's frightening. Does it matter if he's telling the truth? There's, this there's, is what there's nothing that's true in this book, is what you're saying. Nothing can be verified. I'm saying that nothing can be verified. It could be true. It could be true that... The, I mean, it is true that there's a Seabrook nuclear plant. It's true that there's a country called Iraq... Did he go to a bar? Who did, were these students that investigated this? These were students that were, uh, and they're all named in the piece, they are students that were taking the Project Center Sociology class, and this was extra credit for them. It was an undergraduate class? Uh -huh. What's, what university? Sonoma State University, California. All right. Well, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to prove this thing. Okay. I'm going to go after it, and I'm going to, because I want it to that's be. what we do no, I, want it, I want it to be true yeah well, that's what everybody wants <laughs> it to be true the question is why does he th this is the psychology yeah. we want it to be true right. why do we want this thing to be true because it's because it it gives us faith in our own uh, biases yes how about having your having your perspective based on what we find rather than trying to create facts to substantiate what we think. That's just the wrong way to approach it. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's right. Okay, that's it. That's that's all we have for today? That's it. All right. God damn it. So, uh... This is riveting. We want to seek truth for truth's sake, because the truth shall set you free. Well, in some cases, it can. In some cases, it'll lock you up. 
Check. Lock her up. Lock up Ivanka for having her server, her email server. All right. Well, listen, and then also, just to make sure you know, there is a new Seeking Truth logo <laughs> that may change sway your vote, and we'll leave it up to Kyle to make that make that public because it is adorable. Yeah. It's it's not good for branding to change the logo every time. Yeah, but we already branded, and we have you in the electric chair as the as the logo. No, that one's gone. You with the electric you chair? You got the monkeys. You got the pop art monkeys. I love the pop art. The one that lost? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's democracy. It's my worldview. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is, this is Jeff Davidian and Monkey Kyle. This is Monkey Kyle uh, signing off. All right. Thanks for listening.